Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on City Cash Chicago, the Italian beef sandwich has been having a moment. That's partly due to the hit TV show The Bear, which is set in a fictional Italian beef joint in the city and returns for season two this summer on Hulu. But what makes a great Italian beef? Longtime food critic Kevin Pang set out to answer this very question in his podcast, Proof, from America's Test Kitchen. It's Thursday, January 26th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. This rotisserie chicken, man, Jacoby, I'm telling you, it's it's roasting, and all the drippings are falling on this bed of roast potatoes underneath. So the potatoes is like chicken fat potatoes. Okay, oh, it's incredibly on. good. So why did I? Why did we put this conversation at this time of the day, Chef? I'm, I'm falling apart right now. I know. I know. All you got this conversation of of, of chicken. And egg. Uh, <laughs> good thing I just ate dinner. You know. Kevin, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Hey, Jacoby. Nice to be with you. Now, I appreciate you making time. Kevin, the title of the episode is The World's Greatest Italian Beef, something I'm sure plenty of Chicagoans going to have an opinion on. But first, for listeners who are not familiar with the sandwich, can you describe an Italian beef? Oh, the Italian beef. Well, uh, you take roast beef. You shave it super well. You take roast beef that's been cooked for a long time with a lot of different spicings and Italian uh, uh, spices and garlic and basil and oregano. And once you cook that, you shave it super thin, you pile it on a French roll, and then you dip it in the pan drippings. And then you top it with either uh, uh, grilled bell peppers or with uh, this uh, almost spicy pickle bricolage of vegetables relish called jardinera. And mm-hmm. uh, it's this messy mound of a sandwich and uh, Chicagoans have been eating it and loving it for nearly 100 years. I had a friend call me just this past weekend. And he was just like, bro, I just walked out of Johnny's and he said it's one of the best Italian beasts I ever had. And I mean, the, the beauty of it is it is a very simple sandwich, right? Beef piled onto uh, like a French roll with some with some Jew, with some sauce and, and some and some peppers. But when people talk about Chicago's food canon, maybe at large, is, is the Italian beef on that Mount Rushmore? You know, I don't think it would be high on the list because most people who are coming to Chicago for the first time, Jacoby, you know, the two things they want are deep dish pizza. Actually, the three things they want are deep dish pizza, a Chicago hot dog and Garrett popcorn. Right. Those are the three things that they want. Now, since I've been eating around Chicago professionally for so long, I would dare to say that I feel that rib tips and maybe 
the Italian beef are much more representative, and, and even like the tavern style pizza. Because yeah, you, my boy, oh, you said rib tips. Like I oh, was already with you. As soon as you was like rib tips need to be on the list, I was like, come on, Kevin. For oh man, for real. You, know, we, you and I can be best <laughs> friends because like I am, I love rib tips, and I will. Man, you and I will go down to Uncle John's and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll Let's like, go. But, but, you know, but to my point, though, it's that you take, you look at a food like rib tips, you look at food like Italian beef, you look, even look at a food like tavern, like tavern style, or, or I'm sorry, the party cut Chicago pizza. And I'm talking about like the cracker crust that you would get at something, at a place like Vito next. That is the food of the proletariat. That is the food of the people, you know? But the history, when I listen to the podcast episode, they say there's, you say there's what, three kind of different stories behind the Italian beef, but they all kind of share a theme. So, so what is that history of the sandwich? So I first really dove deep into Italian beefs when I was a food critic at the Chicago Tribune. This was many, many years ago. And I wrote a story in 2014 where I tried maybe about 22, 24 different Italian beef restaurants. And I ate one for lunch and one for dinner every single day for a few weeks. It was kind of crazy. It was a lot. And I certainly got <laughs> some Italian beefs, okay? Were you able to really get at the the minor differences and in, in, in the, right? Because it's a similar sandwich wherever you go, but obviously is is different wherever you go. Totally. But you know what? I, I look at it the same way, Jacoby, as if I'm standing at a Best Buy, and I see the row of TVs before me. Look, it's all a TV. It'll all play the same show. But when you're looking at it, you can spot the minute differences. One's uh -huh. got a bit, bit better resolution. One's got better like saturation. One's got better contrast. You know, you're able to tell the minute differences. And especially when you're eating 24 Italian beefs <laughs> in a row, you definitely can tell the minute differences. Um, and so as you were going through this this marathon of sandwiches, what's that history that you 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 learn about? So there was a lot of, uh, you know, I, I wasn't quite able to nail down the person who really came up with it. But then, you know, in recent months when I was embarking on this podcast for America's House Kitchen, the thing I realized and I consulted this historian. My name is uh, Anthony Buccini. I'm by training an historical linguist, but I've been doing research in food history for a very long time now. Dr. Buccini is the authority on Italian beefs. He's the author of a paper titled From Peanut Weddings to Beef Stands, the Socio-Culinary History of Chicago's Italian Beef. Basically, he said, rather than thinking of it as like one person inventing it, you need to look at it as... Um, it grew out of circumstance. And the circumstance was that around the 1920s and 1930s, there was a group of Neapolitans, which are the Italians from Naples, who would come specifically to Taylor Street. And it was an essential part of an institution in Chicago known as the Peanut Wedding, which was a working class wedding, a poor wedding, and people would eat Italian beef at it. At a wedding gathering, you have people of all different ages, people without teeth or with bad teeth, kids who can't chew hard things. It's a perfect food that everyone could eat. The bread gets softened with the gravy, and it works uh, for everyone. And Dr. Buccini said that you could, you know, this dish or some variation of it really existed back 500, 600, 700 years ago. But really, where it really became popular and took on the name Italian beef and served with the Giardinera, that really happened on Taylor Street in Chicago.
So you actually set out to make the best Italian beef sandwich, which assumes you don't think it currently exists, right? You said something that I found really interesting. Like you never really had in your life an Italian beef better than a B minus, but that yeah. doesn't matter to you. Well, first, uh, I mean, two points to say about that, Jacoby. So first, number one, world's best Italian beef. Yeah, you can say there's a little bit of a hyperbole behind that. You can say that we're trying to get people to listen to a podcast. But that was kind of the intention because, and to point number two, Italian beefs are good. I've never had one where I thought, oh, my God, this has rocked my world. You know, and seeing how that this dish post the bear on FX was lionized as this world's greatest sandwich. I mean, everybody and their mothers, especially in food media, national food media was writing about this like it was the next great thing, like it was the world's greatest sandwich. And like, is it the world's greatest sandwich? No. Is it a great sandwich? Yes, but certainly not, you know, the world's greatest, right? And I wanted to create a Italian beef that in my ideal would be beyond a B plus and hopefully become an A and an A plus, right? And so I decided to uh, team up with my local butcher and there's a uh, butcher shop uh, in Northfield, Illinois uh, named Hofer uh, Meat Company. And Hofer Meat's actually been around for uh, many, many decades. And you know, they're, they're uh, like their grandfather uh, of, of the owners like had a place on the South side. And so there's a lot of deep history around that, right? But now it's been in um, the North suburbs. And so I approached them one day and I knew these, I knew the owners, Sean and Ariel Hofer. And I said, what if you, um, made, what if we come up with a really, really like great Italian beef that number one respects the tradition of Italian beefs. And so, but what if we made it with, you know, the finest ingredients and whatever the price is, because most Italian beefs are eight, $9. If you try to charge $15, you would go out of business because people don't expect an Italian beef to be $15. But let's say, let's make an Italian beef for $15. Would it be twice as good as one that's $7.50? So we set that out. These guys saw it more than, oh, you know, it's this would be nice publicity. But for them, it was more than that because mm -hmm. it was about, these are dyed-in-the-wool Chicagoans. And these are people that saw this as civic pride because they are, uh, they are very much experts on butchering and on how to what cut, what cuts of meat that they were going to work with. They knew from the beginning that what they wanted to do. They didn't want just to be uh, uh, this lean cut like bottom round. That's usually what uh, Italian beefs are made of. They decided to use chuck roll, which is from the shoulder. It's a little bit of a fattier cut. Fat equals flavor. And they also decided not to use dry spices. A lot of these places they'll just put like garlic powder and like dried oregano and things like that. They wanted to use fresh garlic, you know, they wanted to use- Cook it down uh, and then puree it into a sauce. Precisely, precisely. Throughout the podcast episode, there's this countdown towards B-Day. What was B-Day? B-Day is, uh, we just called it B-Day because it was uh, short for Beef Day, which I suppose I really didn't shorten it that much, right? I could have just <laughs> called it Beef Day the day that we were going to try to sell 100 of these sandwiches. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the Hofer people, you know, head down. They knew exactly what to do. They were disciplined. Five days before B-Day on December 3rd, I was tasting it and I thought, this is really incredible. Like this beef is, is 
unctuous and juicy and fatty. Um, and the Jardinera was absolutely incredible. The good uh, stuff. It, was, it was first made in 2019. And so this stuff's been aging like in his basement for three, four, it sounds kind of gross to say aging the basement, but you know, it's been, it's been uh, naturally fermenting and it's been aging gracefully for three years. And you know, when you taste it, it really does taste different from any jardinera that you have. There's this depth of flavor. It's funky. It's um, it's, it's acidic, but without vinegar, a lot of jardinera uses vinegar. This one doesn't. And it's just really, there's a depth of flavor that I've never had before about this Jardinera, and this was the one that he was serving to our guests on December 3rd. Well, firstly, I'm proud to be reduced down to my Jardinera. You can reduce me anytime you want. Um, I, the first thing I think of is my dad. We spent a lot of time together cooking. He worked at the shop here, and he taught me how to make this Jardinera, and uh, I spent a lot of time making Jardinera with him. Was it? the world's greatest Italian beef? Was it the best one you, as someone who had done the research, eaten 24 on top of the life's worth of Italian beefs that you had eaten, uh, how good was it? Well, you know, uh, it's hard for not, it's hard for me not to be biased. I mean, it was the best Italian beef I've had. But, but you <laughs> All know, that set up to say it smacked. It was great. I mean, it is, but, but it's, here's the thing. It's that it's not me who thought, it doesn't matter what I think, right? It's like what, how did B-Day go? People, it, exactly. How do be, uh, what do people think about this? And so, um, you know, I, I won't spoil too much of sort of what happens, but we had some, uh, let's call them VIPs, mm -hmm. uh, drop by. And, uh, you know, um, really it's what they thought and it's really what the customers who spent $16 on this thought. And, uh, you know, all I'll say is that it went way beyond what I expected. It was way more emotional because it wasn't just about was a sandwich good or not. And, um, you know, I, I think for the, for all those people involved, um, they got something out of it that I feel was really, um, it really resonated with them and it really made all that work really worthwhile. Kevin, it was great to hear not only your personal history, uh, but to hear the, the larger Chicago history behind the sandwich, uh, to hear this uh, this butcher shop and this family come together. Um, it, it really was a great episode, and I'm glad you came to City Cash Chicago to share a little bit of it with us. Thanks, Jacoby. Love your show. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. At least one person is dead and eight others were injured after a fire broke out at an apartment building in Kenwood Wednesday. Inspectors have cited that building 12 times for alleged code violations in just the last year, eight of which were related to fire safety. There are two mayoral forms scheduled today, including the WCPT form at 1230 in the Loop and the People's Unity Coalition form at 630 in West Garfield Park. Congratulations to the 11 Chi-Town chefs and restaurants who were named semifinalists for the prestigious James Beard Awards. The ceremony will be held at the Lyric Opera later this year. And some good news to get you through. Avondale Music Venue slash Beer Garden Sleeping Village is celebrating five years with a string of concerts starting tonight through Saturday. Check out the lineups in the show notes. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. And we'll see you back here tomorrow when we're breaking down some key stories from the week. Peace.
uh, you know, the party cut pizza. That is the food of the proletariat. That is the food of the people, you know? I can bet you they're going to cut that part right out there and just blast that on social media. That 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 amazing. And just put, I hope they put a little gospel music underneath it as you're saying what you're saying. 